In the name of the Father, the Son, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and the Gospel is from John chapter 5, the story of the paralytic man. The story of the paralytic man has a lot of similarities with the Gospel of next week, which is the Gospel of the blind man. Both of them, they both involve a pool. Both of them are incredible healings, and both of them are done on the Sabbath. And the Gospel of the blind man teaches us about blindness, that the ones who claim to see, but they cannot see the divine grace, actually those are the blind ones. Those are the ones that are blind. Similarly, the story of the paralytic man teaches us about paralysis. The ones who can walk but who do not walk according to God's will, these are in fact the paralyzed ones, the ones who don't walk according to God's will. And the gospel of today is about walking according to the will of God. And that's why I want to speak to you about three aspects of God's will in our life. The first aspect of God's will is patience. Is patience. St. Augustine, he says, The patience of man is to be understood by that which we... The patience of man is understood to be that by which we tolerate evil things with an even mind, that we may not, with a mind uneven, desert good things, through which we may arrive at better. The paralytic man he had been sick for... 38 years, yet he tolerated, and somehow, he tolerated his sickness with an even mind. He had faith to be healed. He firmly believed that if he was the first person, although it was, it was very difficult, but he believed if he could be the first person in, in that pool, he was going to be healed. He had hope that if someone could help him, just to get in the pool. That's why when the Lord said, do you want to be well? He said, sir, there's no one to carry me. But if there is someone to carry me into the pool, we could, this could be done. I could be healed. And no doubt, the paralytic, he had seen others healed. So he was waiting. He was waiting for the angel to stir the little... And we'll start the pool. Actually, this is like outside the Maldua, but just something curious. Why, Yanni, what is the story about an angel stirring the pool? Like, what does that mean? Actually, when we were in Jerusalem, we visited this place. And this place turns out to be right next to the house of Joachim and Anna. And the house of, like St. Mary's house, Hena, and the five porches for Bethesda, Gembohum, like Khatwa, Keda. So, Anna, just have, yani, we don't know about why, like, an angel, the whatever, we don't know. And I'm just, yani, idea is that this was a very holy place. St. Mary was there, yani, probably baby Jesus was there. And so, Mesalan, I'm sure there was lots of angels from Monte Adi. And so every once in a while, like, they go to visit Teta or Giddu, you know, and 
something happens and like a miracle happens in this place and then something marvelous happens. It was it's a very holy place. Anyway, that's an aside. Just I thought is interesting to put the two together. But the paralytic man, he had faith that if he was going to be the first person, he could be healed. The will of God requires patience. Abraham was called to be a father of a new nation. Except there was one problem. Is that his wife is, is barren. And Abraham and Sarah had to wait how long? 25 years to bear children. Why God you call someone and tell him you're going to be a father of many nations. And then you wait 25 years to fulfill the promise. God's will takes patience. How about Isaac? Isaac also the son of promise. How he had his own story. 25 years to have Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah. Also Isaac and Rebekah also barren. Took Isaac and Rebekah how many years to have Esau and Jacob? 20 years. And these are the people of promise. These are the people God said, you are the chosen people. And yet they can't make any people. But God's will takes patience. God's will takes patience. God answers in due time. If you, I want you to put yourself in any of the characters that I just mentioned. Imagine what they prayed for every day. Oh God, give me a child. Oh God, give me a child. Oh God, give me a child. And day after day, week after week, month after week, or month after month, year after year, nothing. And then that's why in the last year when the three visitors came to, to visit Abraham, they said, next year you're going to have a kid. Sarah laughed. Uh -huh. We've been praying for this for 24 years And this didn't happen The will of God takes Patience, patience They might have said God forgot about us God's not going to answer us But the will of God takes Patience The, the gospel of the Vespers of last night Was from Luke chapter 18 And it's the parable of the unjust judge You know the parable of the unjust judge? The Lord, he speaks about a selfish judge. This judge is selfish. This judge, he does not fear God. He doesn't have any respect for... He doesn't care about anyone. And there was a widow in this city who came to this unjust judge every day. And was troubling this judge. And so, the judge said, Though I do not fear God... I don't fear God and I don't care about you, you widow. I don't care about you, Aslan. Like, but because you keep coming every day to bother me, I want you to go and like, figure it out. And, get, like, and God, the judge, gave her justice. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? To him, though he bears long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find such faith on earth? Will he find people, kidda, that will go to the unjust judge every day? There's an interesting paradox into Sadza for paradoxes now. The paradox in this 
parable is that God said, or the Lord said, And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, even though he bears, he bears, he bears long with them. He bears long with them. The next sentence says, I will avenge them speedily. From our perspective, God is bearing long with us. Or in other words, to say, God, you're taking forever. Why are you taking forever? But in God's perspective, I shall answer them speedily. Speedily. Two different time scales. Two different time scales. The time scale of God and our time scale. For the paralytic, 38 years, I answered him speedily. Abraham Isaac, I answered him speedily. God's timing and our timing, different skills. That's why St. Peter, he said in the Catholic epistle today, My beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The scale, different. He said, the Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but his long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. St. Peter is telling us that the Lord is not slow to do what he promised. The Lord is patient with us, and so we should be patient with him. God's will requires us to be patient. God's will requires us to endure. God's will requires us to be watchful. God wants us to be like the persistent widow. God likes to be bothered by our prayers. We don't like to be bothered, but God, He loves to be bothered. St. Paul, he recognized this different time scale of things. Look at what he says to the Corinthians. He said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Our light affliction. You take all the affliction in the world. He said, Our light affliction is just a moment. And this moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, which are, which we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. St. Paul says everything, all the trials, the tribulations, these are just moments. Moments. So we are looking at the things which are Eternal. God's will requires patience. God's will, number two, is that God's will for me is to be made well. God's will for me is to be made well. Our Lord asked the paralytic man, do you want to be made well? This is not like a superfluous like saying. The original Greek means... Can you, I want to, do you want to be restored? Do you want to be whole again? Our Lord Jesus Christ said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to, to save the world. The Lord came to be the light of the world. He came to save the world. The Lord came to make this world better by making us better, by sanctifying my life, by giving me new nature, by making me temple of the Holy Spirit. But if I neglect the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, 
then I will not get better. Then I will not get better. I will not be whole. The question, do you want to be made well, is an important question. And our answer should be, yes, please make me better. Young people often feel like there's no point to have spiritual life when they're young. They often feel like there's no point to have spiritual life thus for the seniors. And actually, this is a very terrible trend in the United States and in all places, that churches are starting to be just for the elderly people. And then, and we have lots of youth that are all distracted. Um, but we have like a church full of youth, and we have a future like generations. But spirituality not for the seniors. Everyone, do you want to be made well? Sometimes I'm not ready to be made well because I'm not ready to give up my sins. Sometimes I feel that I have nothing wrong with me. I'm living okay with the substance abuse, sins of pride. So oftentimes God is willing to heal us, but I'm not willing to be healed. God wants to give me grace, but I don't want to, I don't want to accept the grace. I love the story of the leprous man. The leprous man, he came to the Lord, he said, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And what did the, the Lord tell him? I'm willing, be clean. I'm willing, be clean. God is always willing to cleanse us. God always wanting to give us the best. Even the promised land. The promised land. Was that just any land or was that the... That was the best land. That was the best place on earth. God wanted to give His chosen people the best. God is always giving us the best. The question is, do you want the best for you? Do you want to... Do you accept the best? God is so gracious. He gives me good gifts. God's will is for me to be prosperous. God's will is for me to be rich. Not physically rich, but to be spiritually rich. We can be physically broken, but we could, should be spiritually alive and fresh. We may be physically poor in money, but we can be spiritually rich in virtues. Man can have a broken leg, but he should never have a broken heart. Because Christ is always giving us healing. In Isaiah 53, and that's also quoted in the epistle of St. Peter, in St. Peter he says, or Isaiah says, He who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are, we are healed. So I am healed by... The stripes of Jesus Christ. His cross has healed me. So, the cross has given us healing already. Sickness, illness. They shouldn't scare the Christian. 38 years of paralysis shouldn't scare a Christian. Why? Because what's the worst case of illness or sickness? The worst case is... Is death. And even the worst case of death is not scary for the Christian because Christ conquered death. So there's nothing then that could be scary for the Christian. So
So sickness shouldn't stress us out. The Lord healed us because He's always willing to heal us. On another occasion, the Lord was in the temple and there was a man who had a withered hand. The withered hand is a paralyzed hand. So his hand is like fixed, it can't move. And so when the Pharisees saw this man with the withered hand in the temple and they saw the Lord, they started looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Is the Lord going to heal this man on the, on the Sabbath? And then the Lord said, I want to ask you a question. Is it lawful for a man to do good on the Sabbath? And no one answered. So the Lord, very frustrated with them, said, stretch out your, stretch out your hand. And when he stretched out his hand, it says his hand was whole, restored. God wants to make everything new, to make everything restored. The answer to God's will is that you need to stretch out your hand. If you want to be made well, you need to stretch out your hand. St. Ambrose, he said, stretching out your hand is the best remedy for everything. If If you have any issue, what should you do? Stretch out your, stretch out your hand. You think that you have a healthy hand? Beware lest it is withered by greed. Hold it out often. So hold out your hand to give alms. He said, hold it out to the poor person who begs of you. Hold it out to help your neighbor, to give protection to the widow. Hold it out to God for your sins in prayer. The solution to God's will is that you need to hold out your hand to receive the blessing that God will give you. The third thing for God's will is that I need to be walking in his way. God gave this man legs so that he could walk in his way. That's why St. Peter in the Catholic epistle of today says, scoffers will come in the last days walking according, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise coming? And then it says, all these people willfully, the word is very interesting, it says these people willfully forget. Willfully forget. You know what willfully forgetting is? Willfully forgetting is, and I willfully forget to do the dishes. I know they're supposed to be done. Yes, I don't want to do them. So I willfully, willfully forget to, to do them. Similarly, many of us, we willfully forget to confess, to, to do a lot of good things. We, we know we should do them, but we willfully forget. We're not walking in the right way. God gave us feet so that we could, that we could walk. Every day we should be walking forward in our spiritual life. We should be growing in our spiritual life. One thing that concerns me is that year after year after year after year, and people might not be growing in the spiritual life. The other day we were talking about Joshua leading the army to go conquer the lands. And I said, this is a great image of the church, is that the army is following Joshua, Joshua, symbol of Jesus. And all of them are going to the promised land. Joshua is marching and the other people are not marching. The other people are very slow. Then they're going to be left behind. They're not growing in their spiritual life. The church should be growing together in their spiritual life. Encouraging everybody in their spiritual life.
Everybody should carry their cross. To carry a burden, you need legs. If you don't have legs, you can't. You can't carry a cross. You should use your feet. You should use your walking to come to the house of God. I love that this man, this paralytic man, after he was healed, I think because the crowd was so big, it says that Jesus like, withdrew very quickly. And then this man ended up being where? They met again where? In the temple. Because after this man was healed, he felt the need to walk to the temple. Your feet should take you to the temple. One time there was a student, Yani Fushabab on dinner, had a big test. And after their test, they called me late at night and said, Abuna, is the church open? I said, typically the church isn't open. The person said, I just finished my exam. I want to spend like some time in the church. I said, wow. To take your feet, to go and spend time in the church. That's amazing. This is what the paralytic man did. He was healed and he felt like he needed to go and spend time in the church. That's why the psalm says, I was glad of those who said to me, we will go into the house of the Lord. Our feet stood in your courts of Jerusalem. We should use our feet, our walking, to serve others. That's why St. Paul said, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Into andukum legs, you can walk. If you can walk, then you should use your feet to bring good tidings, to preach the gospel. God gave you feet so you can take the gospel and preach the gospel in every place. And to stand firm in our faith. God's will today, we learn that we need patience in God's will. We know that God's will is to heal me. Because we need to extend and stretch out our hand. And lastly, we know that God's will for me is to walk every day in His will. We should ask ourselves, am I walking every day in His will? The story of the paralytic man teaches us all of these three things about God's will. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.